At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my co-host is John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital. Today is the third follow-up show to MozCon 2014, and we're going to cover some big news and uh, some, well, some recent algorithm updates and, oh, hell, new algorithms. Whoa. So how's it going, John? How was your trip? Uh, awesome, awesome. Uh, actually, relocated to Cleveland. I'm really happy to be back home in Ohio, and life is wonderful. I'm kind of, I am a little bummed, though. Something happened to my little Google neon neon Google sign that sits on my desk, and it's not working anymore. So I'm I'm a little bummed uh, that I got to get a new Google neon sign for my desk. But that's the only the only casualty so far of the move. How much do those cost? I don't know. I just call them and ask them for one. They send me one. Oh, there you go. <laughs> ask for two then. All right, I, I, I'll get you one. <laughs> that would rock. Uh, oh yeah, because we need more Google in our lives, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I know you're such a Google fanboy. You can't help yourself. Mm. I, I, I cross that divide occasionally. Yeah, occasionally. <laughs> um, I am wearing my Bing shirt as we talk, though. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I've got mine at home. I'm wearing my Pink Floyd shirt today. So, so the biggest news over the last little while has been the pigeon update for local. Oh, God, I got to love this menagerie. Anyways, um, <laughs> Take it away. You are way more briefed so, on this than I am right now. So, so first, I'm not sure where they got the name Pigeon. Google hasn't given it a name. Google hasn't talked about this much at all, actually. But Pigeon came from Danny Sullivan's search engine land. And I, I don't know why they came up with Pigeon. I think it's a stupid name, personally. <laughs> but there's got to be a reason behind it. Jokes galore, that's for sure. I know. It's like, well, that's three birds in a row now. We had a Penguin, Hummingbird, and now Pigeon. So uh, it's getting confusing. Hey, which one craps more on people? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good point. Maybe that's why they named it Pigeon. <laughs> so tell us, why so, should we give a 
F about it. <laughs> so, you, and you need to, especially if you're a business or you're an SEO that deals with small businesses, medium businesses, anybody who's tied into local search at all. This was a big update. Lots of shakeup in the search results. Lots of changes happening. What they've basically done is um, added a lot of. They, they they stated they added a lot of the standard organic elements from the algorithms into the local search. So things that you would normally think of are just basic SEO, but not necessarily tied to local specific now or local specific. And, and just to be clear, there are two separate algorithms. Um, there used to be more than two, actually, but, but local search has its own algorithm. And it used to be very specific to local. There was some certain things you looked at. Um, but a lot of the standard stuff that you would think about from a, an organic search was not not really important for local search. Now it is. So because they've done this, it's really made some major changes in local search. A lot of the seven packs are just disappearing from, from results that used to have seven pack results. The ones that are there, there's been a big shakeup in which sites are listed. Um, they seem to be much more focused on location than they were. Um, so uh, there's a great article. We posted an article on um, the Google Plus page. There's been some great discussion around it. Um, but there's a great example in that article of a search for for a local business in the Cleveland area, and they it was we actually had some some data prior to this update that showed the, where the search results were when you did a certain search phrase. And it showed them on the map, and they were pretty spread around the, the outskirts of Cleveland, some in the Cleveland area, some in the outskirts in the seven-pack. You do the same search now post-pigeon. I almost said penguin. See, that's confusing. Anyway, <laughs> post-pigeon, post the, the results are much more clustered now in the Cleveland area. So there's some, some really interesting things happening because of this. Of course, it's brand new. We're still trying to, to identify all the changes and what's causing them. But this is something to really be aware of and, and keep an eye on, especially if you're dealing with small, medium businesses that rely on foot traffic. I, yes. person, I personally think, and I don't know that this has been verified by anybody, but there used to be two separate local search algorithms, one for the seven-pack and one for what we called blended results. When you used to see the local listings kind of mixed in with the organic search, and they kind of looked like organic search and weren't called out in mm -hmm. a seven-pack, those were called blended results. There were actually two separate algorithms for those two different types of local search. The blended – we're, we're pretty sure. Okay. I mean, we're, we're pretty sure <laughs> there were two. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But what happened, the blended search, a lot of the, the research that was done around that algorithm was that it was much more related to um, there were organic search elements that were not in the seven-pack one. I think what they ended up doing, since the blended search has been going away, we don't see those integrated listings much anymore. They're, they've been going away a lot recently, actually. I think they basically combined those two algorithms. That would be my guess. That is a, that's a hypothesis of mine. Um, but since they're getting rid of blended, I think they've combined a lot of what was happening in blended in with the seven pack search. Well, one uh, of the things I did when I, I heard about this was, of course, check my my clients' uh, rankings and such for local. I mean, we're remiss not to do that. And and when I did that, I, I did notice about fifty percent of them no longer had local packs showing up in their search, uh -huh. um, which didn't make any sense to me, frankly. But because uh, I didn't, so what? I'm still wondering, and again, you know, you've read this more in depth than I have, but um, I'm still catching up on it. Does that mean that we'll even notice when local results are in there, or is it just literally blended invisibly? 
See, and that's that's not that's one of the things I'm unsure about myself. So mm-hmm. we, local results. When you think about local, you think about the map shows up on the page and there's pins and you can see where they're located. That's what you – know, when we think traditionally local search, that's what we're thinking of with the little pins and, and that. They, they've always had some geomodifiers in organic search. So if you search for a pizza place um, in your neighborhood or your city, even if you're in – even if you're in incognito mode in Chrome and you don't have any personalized results, the algorithms will still show you pizza places in your area. So they know where you're at based on IP addresses, all that kind of stuff. We know, so we know that stuff's in there. But when we talk about local search specifically, we're talking about the pins and the maps and how they're tied together. And what I don't think you're saying, Ross, is that, that a lot of those local search seven-pack pin-type listings are now missing which to me is kind of confusing because those were pretty mm-hmm. helpful for a lot of people and why would they step away from that but but you're right maybe they're finding another way to get that information out there through standard organic well, you know and I'd be willing to bet too that the impact of the penguin update on mobile is vastly different pigeon. have you noticed anything it's pigeon did i say did i say penguin again yes, oh. yes. see that this We've got to talk to Danny. You can't, you can't name these things so close. Birds that start with P. How many of them are there? There's a pigeon, a penguin. Are there any other birds that start with P? Parrot. Yep, there's a parrot, oh, peacock. Dear. Parrot and peacock. Those are the next two <laughs> updates. Don't give them ideas, please. Yeah. Uh, they, they could have called it the blue-footed booby, whatever. Yeah. At least it for fun. But I, I completely agree with you. I think the, the main motivation behind this change mm-hmm. is mobile. I think the biggest – I think everything Google's doing now, any kind of changes they're making to anything, the, the motivation behind it has to do with mobile because mobile is becoming such a huge portion of what we do and it's only going to become more and more important. Um, I think this year – Mobile search is supposed to take over desktop search. I know in a lot of places, the traffic for me, for my sites in particular, mobile search has already outpaced desktop um, traffic. So, well, if you're on not, news sites for sure. Yeah, I totally see yeah. that. Yeah. But I think when people are looking for things locally, especially search wise, uh, you know, more and more people are doing it mobile. I really believe that's their motivation behind this. So this is all very interesting. One thing I always try and bring it down to, and I don't know whether there's really an answer to this yet, is what should small business be doing if they see any changes? I think the first thing you need to do is go in and see how it's impacted you. Did you did you drop out of the seven-pack? Did you get pulled into a seven-pack? Is your seven-pack even there anymore for the terms that you're interested in? Um, that's the first step is to understand how it impacted you. Then secondly is really – um, if you if you had a strategy where you were really focusing on local search and not so much organic search because that was you know really helping you more, now you're going to have to you're going to have to blend the two in your strategies. Um, something else that really came out of this that Matt McGee um, pointed out at Search Engine Land was that a lot of sites with a high authority um, like Yelp and those kind of directory sites um, got a real boost from the organic side of things from this algorithm. So they're not showing up in the seven packs, but they got a huge boost from organic search tied to this update. So you need to go in and evaluate where you stand now. Um, So so when we do have some strategies in place and we understand a little bit more about how this impacted what we do and and how we impact um, our deliverables and, and what we do for SEO, you'll be ready. Sorry to distract you there. But it's just yeah, so it's, funny. I'm looking at the 
a hashtag pigeon in Google Plus, and it's pretty funny. Uh, I love some of the memes. Seven pack don't <laughs> pigeons. <laughs> That's the only answer. Pigeons. pigeons. Uh, there's pigeons crapping on little kids, and oh, it's pretty funny. <laughs> uh, I do have to say, our community is pretty freaking hilarious at times. There's some pretty <laughs> funny people in the SEO. <laughs> there's a pigeon inside a. Uh, uh, what is it? Pelican. Why? I have no idea, but inside its mouth. Oh, that's another pea bird. Dang it. There's, there's too many oh, pea birds. No. Oh, darn. Anyways, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, that, the reason I brought that up was that, you know, the hashtag pigeon, if you want to keep up date on things, I mean, you're bound to see it on Google+. Plus. It's pretty much where the, the, the leaders are and on often talking about things. And, and I find it's, it's very useful to keeping up on it. So check it out. Yep. Um, Larry Kim actually has something posted here. I'd be interested to see what he's chatting about. Nice. So, um, uh, the place to be. That said, have you, uh, on a kind of a t- bit of a tandem there, but or tangent, I should say, uh, Google Plus, have you, you guys been muttering about that much at work? Because it's you know, all those changes and the authorship, and um, does one feel that it's getting sidelined? The, the interesting thing for us is, you know, we as news organizations, our our biggest priority from a search perspective is Google News and authorship and even the photos are still in Google News. So it hasn't impacted us as hard as other people. Um, you know, I still haven't seen, and maybe you have by now, any kind of real studies about um, click-through changes. Um, I've seen some people that are just saying, hey, look what I saw, but no real actual studies of how it impacted click-throughs. Um, but I, I'm, I'm just still pushing it here on this side, you know, a, because we're news and it's still in Google news, but even in the clients, it's like, you might not see your face anymore, but it's still important to get that connection because of the, the, the looming, uh, threat of author rank threat. Yes. Come on, Brasco, we need a dun, dun, dun. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) So, so loop that that he just did, Brasco. We'll use that from now on. Every time we need to go. Brasco. <laughs> there you go. Uh-huh. Love it. Wish I had a button for that. That'd be cool. <laughs> um, so uh, <laughs> something you and I had a good time talking about was the Moz guest post, con- guest post controversy. Yes. Now, um, <laughs> this was a, a, essentially... And I found this interesting, and, and I, I swear, I, I wish I, I planned on doing more research on this, but Google actually notified them that they should be no following? So so, so what happened is um, somebody had posted a, uh, a notification they got from Google. So they got a link notification. They had done a reconsideration request. They got a link consideration back saying, no, we still see some bad links. Here's some examples. And in the, ex- the list of three examples was Moz.com, where the guy had done a uh, guest post, right? Or one of the, they, they have the community, and then sometimes they promote the community articles onto the Moz site. I'm not real sure how that works. But it was an article he'd written on Moz.com. And there was a lot of controversy about it. He, of course, posted it, and all of a sudden people were talking about Moz's good links. And then Rand wrote an open letter to Google on Moz.com saying, you know, we are not low-quality links. And so it, it kind of went from there, um, basically him complaining that Google called him a low-quality link to other people saying, yeah, you're guest posting. You should have no-followed those, you know, it, it, the whole deal. 
And then, of course, Russ got mad at Google, and then we went off on Google+. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're always listening to me. I have to make sure they can hear when I'm pissed off. <laughs> um, yes, yes, I got rather irate. Because I, I, you know, I don't agree that anyone's above the quote-unquote rules, per se, but I do believe that it's ridiculous to uh, tell people to no-follow guest posts that are legitimately good additions to a site. I mean, why are you no following those? It makes no sense. So, so to me, it's, it's a matter of scale, right? So Google says guest posting is bad, and I personally still blame it. No, they don't say that. They say guest posting of, on, uh, like in bulk and, and a low quality is bad. They don't say it's bad all over. Okay. The, I'll, I'll agree with that. But okay. the, the Moz site Slam. has... The Moz site. See, see, I, I even put that in the notes. I, I even put that in the notes before you said it. I said Ross takes the first swing, easily blocked by John. The counter doesn't quite hit. I that's exactly what it says in the notes. So I, I called that. Just say it. Just say it. <laughs> Love the Doctor Who reference. Right, but, but but here's the deal. So you said in quantities, right? So Moz dot com gets dozens and dozens of guest posts a day, right? So mm-hmm. there's a high quality. Now where I see I see the fact that Moz's point is they do have a quality control, a human quality control about which ones of these posts go live and which ones get promoted and they edit them. It's not like it's just random willy-nilly. Anybody can guest post anything and throw it up on Moz.com, right? No, so I understood, they do a really good job of editing and, and ensuring it's they, quality. And they not do. They, they do. They do. But, but it, why – so my question to, to, to Rand is – why not just no follow him? Why is it such a big deal? I mean, you know it's guest posting. You know it's potential. Obviously, but I mean, he 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 took it personally. Uh, yeah, and, and I understand it. I mean, it, it, he has developed a very strong community. A lot of people really work hard to provide good content, and he likes to give people benefit for that. And the benefit is reasonable. It's not it's not obscene. It's hi, this is a link to your site. You deserve this because you've done a fantastic job with this article. You've do- Added to the community. Okay, but here, here's the question: the link. What's the what's the motivation behind the link? This is Google's the way Google look at it. What's the motivation behind the link? Is the motivation behind the link? This is a great article. You deserve this link because we want to send you. We want to send traffic to your site from our community. Or is the motivation you deserve this link because we want to help you in Google? There's where Google draws the line. I totally no, agree. Google that draws the, a line by telling us to do things when it should just be discounting them then. Why the hell were we doing the work for them? So uh, that's a good question. It's one that's been asked for a long time, but apparently Google doesn't want to discount them. <laughs> okay, now we've created a monster. <laughs> so, 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 but, but literally, I mean, you know, Google says they don't want to discount them. Who are we to say you have to? Right, it's Google's site that can do whatever they want. It's Google's algorithm; they can do whatever they want. We have to understand what Google will and will not do, and then react accordingly. If Google's not going to discount them, we can keep pressuring them. But until they do, we have to make the right decisions and say, "Okay, this is a guest post. Um, we need to know follow the links out of this guest." They post. won't, though. See, the thing is with this whole effort of Google 
and, and it's where I, I really have no sympathy at all. They're full of PhDs. Why in freaking name do they need us to discount links and et cetera, et cetera, and, and police our own backlinks, et cetera, et cetera, when they never had to do that before. Now we have to do it because, what, they can't figure out what is good and what is bad and what they shouldn't let people have benefit from? Okay, I look at it this way. For you and I, it's job security. <laughs> if Google starts doing everything that, that SEOs do, we're screwed. But besides that, <laughs> they're, they're working on things like contact lenses that can test your blood sugar and cars that drive themselves and, and fiber networks. Yeah, they have a ton of PhDs, but why would you take this so valuable resource of a PhD and say, can you please figure out how to discount these links for us? Because the, the webmasters are too lazy to do oh. it themselves. Whatever. Oh, it's just it, it, yeah, the whole thing is ridiculous to me. I, it makes no sense that why we're we're doing the work for them and and from a good resource. Yeah, sure, he could add the no follows. Why does he need to add the good no, no follows? He gets good content. So so are we paying Google for organic search? Nope. Do they make any money off of it? Yes. Think about, think think about it from a business standpoint, right? So, yes, they make money off organic search through the paid advertising. Correct. They make a shitload of money. Excuse me. A crap load of money. Um, you can bleep that if you want, Matt Brasco. Uh, <laughs> but from, from us as an industry, SEOs, are they making any money off of us? They're making it off their, the, the rankings. They're making it off their listings. Are they making it off of individual sites? No. They're making it off their Actually, they are with the knowledge, knowledge base, but yeah. Yeah, that's a whole other argument. And I, <laughs> and, and I may or may not be on your site on that one. I'm still on the fence. <laughs> uh, but, must hurt but, sitting on that fence all the time. <laughs> well, it depends. Well, anyway. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to touch it. <laughs> all right. Um, so so my, point, my point is, you know, you're saying we have to do their work for them. Their work is to provide quality results in their re- listings. If we want our sites to be in those quality results, it's our work. Aye, aye, aye. Kidding me? Our fan just fell out of the window. Sorry, everyone. Nice. Did it hit the raccoon? Hopefully that wasn't the raccoon that pushed it in. We've uh, had a raccoon trying to get into our office. <laughs> it's been quite interesting. And we're in, like, da- Victoria, like, da- town, okay? This <laughs> is freaking weird you know how cool it would be if they would have named the local search like raccoon (laughs) then you'd actually have local search attacking your office yes all right well let's take a quick break we're gonna fix this fan we'll be right back seo 101 back right after recess when you started your business you first listened to your professors now that your business is growing and gaining ground, you only seek out professionals. PPC Professionals, an industry leader for highly optimized search marketing campaigns with over 30 years of combined management experience. Our professional approach to every campaign helps you find every avenue of revenue so that you can not only stay ahead of your competitors, but get a return on your investment and increase your bottom line. PPC Professionals, personal, professional, PPC services. PPCprofessionals.com. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, 
So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contests and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is authoritylabs.com. BubbleFast burst onto the e-commerce scene as a family-owned shipping supply provider back in 1999. The product line has grown, but Mark and Robin still own and operate BubbleFast as a family business. Being sellers themselves has taught them what online sellers need to safely and affordably deliver their products to their customers. BubbleFast is proud to be an active member of the community of online sellers. Mark and Robin sponsor seller meetup groups, share shipping tips and tricks through social media, and always love talking to customers and helping solve shipping challenges. Check out the website at BubbleFast.com. Sign up for the Bubble Briefs newsletter to join the BubbleFast family. Use promo code WMR to get a 5% discount. Or call Mark and Robin at 877-599-7447. Happy shipping from Mark and Robin at BubbleFast. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. And welcome back to SEO 101 on WebmasterRadio.fm. Hosted by John Carcott, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. So we had a good uh, a good laugh, got a few things out there, a little last bit there. Um, anything you'd like to add? So I just, want, I, just, to I, just, there, John? I just want to finish, finish my point um, that I was trying to make before Rocky Raccoon attacked your office appliances. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so if, if Google's job, you're saying we're doing Google's job for them. We always do Google's job for them. Google's job is to provide good quality results in their listings. It's our job to make sure our clients' websites are those good quality results. And if that means, if that means adding no follows, that means adding no follows. It's not for Google's adding no job. follow just for them. So, we're doing good content, not just for them. We're doing that for our clients. We're doing it for any other search engine. I know that's not many, but there are others. Okay. And you're, other you're, aggregates. Ross, you're wrong. You're not doing no follows just for Google. You're doing it for your clients so their sites perform yeah. better than Google. Just because Google doesn't like them. It, it's the fact of the matter is they didn't have no follows before. So okay, Google why, results have not gotten any better. Why is this different? You're, you're not putting white text on a white background anymore. You know, for because Google didn't like it. You know, you're not complaining about us doing Google's job there. It's, it's the same kind of thing. That is for them to improve their algorithm. Same thing with so schema. So you, you, do you have this? Manipulate them. We're taking something and adding it to help them. So you have the same problem stuff. with schema and, and and you know structured data. Same yeah, exact thing. Interesting, but you do you are adding a certain amount that they couldn't glean before. In this case, come on, it's links. If they're not figured out how to glean, what I mean, you know they have because they can detect spam. So if they detect it, just ignore it. Hell, they knew about it. That's how they told Rand. So I, I personally think that as an industry, 
we think and, and we put way, way too much emphasis on links and how we deal with them. And, and, and little things like this, we spend so much time talking about who's responsible for putting a no-file link on something when we could be doing so much more for our clients. So we just do it, get past it, do it, make, make it right for our clients, and then move forward and do something else. That's, that's my point. I, I could care less who puts a no-follow on there or not or what Google does or what Google doesn't do. I want to do what's right for my clients, period. Oh, easy way out. No, it's not. It's the right way out. <laughs> of course we do what we have to do for our clients. I'm not saying I don't. But the point of the matter is I don't think we should be doing, in this case, a no-follow for good content when it's being highly curated on a good site with a great reputation. I'm sorry. That just makes no sense. It's babying Google. And I'm sorry, Google, you're wimpy for needing that. So, so it goes back to... Um, We've we've said a long time. We've known that when it, when you think about the algorithms, there's, there's never black and white. There's always gray. It's always in some cases this is one way, in some cases it's another way. And intent is usually the purpose. Intent is usually the measure that we use to decide whether something's right or wrong. Okay. In this particular case, what's the intent of those links? Is it to send traffic, or is it to help this person improve their site in Google? Why why would you ever put a link on a site? You put a link on a site for people to access your site easily. Right. So why – so exactly. So if the intent is to send traffic, to send a reference, fine. Then do it. But th- there's no problem with putting a little piece of code on your site that puts a, that automatically adds a no-follow to every one of those links because that way you can prove that the intent is not to help that person influence Google. If you want to follow the man, you can. <laughs> But the matter is, you're doing more work just for Google. There's no other reason you're doing this. See, that's that's where I disagree. I'm not doing it for Google. I'm doing it for my clients to help them. Perf- to. I'm because doing it. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who. <laughs> it doesn't matter who told me to. It matters that if I do it, it helps my clients, and that's my motivation. Yes, but you're doing circular logic here because what we're talking about is why Google, that Google should not be telling us what to do in this case. Because you would never have done a no follow if Google didn't tell you to, did would you? Um, if, if Google didn't tell us to, no follows wouldn't exist. Exactly. Right? But they do exist. If Google didn't exist, there's lots of things we wouldn't do, right? But they do, and we rely on them, and they have, they're a huge influence okay. in how we do build web. Um, they, there's we're, no we're way around it. Killing our listeners here. Let's go to another. We can't agree on this. I want to get into some other stuff and, and, and help them out here with some, some of the, the right, other right, stuff right. from Oscon, right? <laughs> we killed this. Um, so I wanted to get into a few of the, 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 the tidbits I gotten from Moscow. And uh, there's a few presentations. They're not directly SEO related, but they're really, really helpful for running an online site. And I, I thought they were worthwhile um, adding. So I'm going to go through some of the highlights. One of them is from Stephanie Bedell. I believe that's how you say her last name. And she was talking about surveys. Now, a lot of us do surveys on our websites. And, and she, she was talking about how to minimize bad data from surveys. And... Uh, I'm going to try and go through these points that she mentioned. Of course, she was, you know, it was 45 minutes, I believe, and it was quite extensive. But she's the director of content at BuzzStream. Very, very impressive place and a great tool for, for managing PR and surveys and such. So, uh, you know, check it out if you, need, if you can. But um, she says to ask when you're creating a, a survey, ask questions on a five-point or seven-point scale. For example, um, scale of uh, very important to not important or strongly agree to strongly disagree. 
This can provide data to build averages and strong data for regression analysis. Now, that's where you get a little technical, but uh, they do have information on what regression analysis is and, and what you can do with it. Breakdown number two is break down big topics into tangible pieces. For example, don't just ask if they're satisfied. You should break it down into multi-questions to make it an overall score. Then you can use... Um, you can also use a satisfaction by feature checklist. Um, these are all different ways of not just asking them a yes or no question. That's a killer. You want to ask them direct questions they can answer that will inform you no matter how they answer. Okay? Yes and no's really don't give you much to work with. Uh, compare answers across questions. This is number three. That's segmentation. How they answer one question is applicable to how they answered others. For example... Break down the data, data by client type, i.e. small biz versus enterprise. Imagine how that would affect the, the detail of one of your surveys. Uh, how does a small business answer? How does the enterprise? And if you've got those two different markets in your business, you may find a dramatically different uh, take on how, uh, you know, what their feedback is. Pivot tables are particularly helpful for that. Johnny, do you want to say something? No, no, I was just thinking about how I could create a survey to find out whether people are doing Google's work for them or not. I'm just thinking. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry. Oh, Jesus. Okay. I'm just trying to bring it back to search somehow. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, but we also, I like to help out people in terms of some of this awesome stuff that I got from this. I tell I, I tell you, I, I do like this conference. There's some downsides to it, but I, I really enjoy this. And beware of bias. A bias. Priming a survey with questions or information is deadly. You can... And priming, for example, um, any kind of uh, suggestion of what they're, they're, they're doing the survey on can lead to bias in terms of how they're answering it. Uh, she recommended an Excel add-in. I'm just jumping across from here to here. And it's called the Analysis Tool Pack for Excel. Some really good stuff in there, apparently. And um, I wanted to also touch on content creation. I know that's a huge part of uh, everyone's marketing um, and SEO especially. And uh, Stacy Cav, uh, I didn't actually write down her name. I only got her uh, Twitter at Stacy Cav. It's that Stacy and then C A V. I'm just trying to find her stuff here. Um, she did one on content creation, and I, I found it quite intriguing. And just there it is. Uh, all right, so there's one thing here called 5secondtest.com. Click, this, is, uh, this will allow you to see what people think of an image. If you're going to use an image within an article and you want to see whether or not it will generate the kind of viral uptake you might want it to, for example, you could try infographics. That's one of the things she specializes in. Um, you can use 5secondtest.com, which allows you to upload an image and ask which, uh, a, a number of images actually, and which ask the users which one of them they would click on. Um, that will give you an idea of which um, infographic might be better, which kind of ad might be better, and it, it's a small fee to use this, and she highly recommends it. Uh, other ones that do that are mindnode.com, that's mindnode.com, and I don't know about this one, but I, I didn't look it up. But Coggle, C-O-G-G-L-E dot I-T. Hmm. Anyway, she's talking about testing. She says, testing, testing, testing. We all love testing anyway when it comes to analytics. There's lots we can learn from it. Um, and there is plenty that you can test using just analytics. However, five-second test is one good one. Um, she likes to use Imgur. That's I-M-G-U-R dot com plus Reddit for visuals to get an idea of what's trending, um, what she could 
sort of ride and create perhaps an infographic or something that might bring in more visitors to her site, more shares, create something that's more viral. Um, essentially, when you're creating an infographic, let the goals lead the format. What is your goal? That's how she does it. She does it from the goal and works backwards when she's creating it. And you can do the same thing for an article. And when you're doing the SEO for that, um, your, your goal may be a target or a key phrase, maybe a number of them, maybe uh, getting the attention of a specific demographic. Uh, all of this stuff, you want to work from the goal, then create the content or the topic. Do you have any thoughts on that there, John? I was just thinking about goals tied to infographics, and there's there's a I was I was hoping you'd give some examples. I think the, the reaching a certain market is a goal. Uh, the, it's it's interesting thinking about infographics from a goal perspective because I think most people think when you think of infographic, you're out there, you're just going to try to get create something that people share and goes viral. You can drive traffic and or links. Um, but there's other goals that, from infographics that, that what you said made me think about, you know, how do you want people to react based on this infographic? Who is your target audience? Those kind of things. Um, you have to think about that as well. And that could definitely influence the design and the look and feel. Yeah. Well, it's like, okay, you may have an idea that's similar to your industry or you know, a content piece or infographic that you want to create that you think is well, catchy. Yeah, great. You got an idea for it. You've got the visuals thought of. You create it. But what was your goal? What were you trying to get out of this? Is it signups? Have you got a conversion point that is consistent across the whole concept that you're creating? Um, and I do see that often confused, or I often wonder, this is really cool, but why did they go through all this effort? What are they trying to get out of this? Is it, and I think, I think the other thing is, you know, goal is important when you think about designing content, especially visual content, but audience is also extremely important. Who are you talking to? Um, kind of back to what I was saying is like who are you trying to reach can really influence the the look and feel or the language you used in your content creation. Mm -hmm. Well, one thing I thought was really cool was um, how she tests um, the concepts. So what she says here is, and I, uh, this is probably close to a quote. I was trying my best to write this quickly. She says, "Field test your story before investing it, <laughs> investing in making it shiny." Quote unquote. She says, "Write the idea as a news release and see how it gets picked up." If it is picked up, then invest in an infographic or slick it up with more interactive material and then release it again. There's no reason not to. Um, and she said, suggested uh, sites and places to do this are presspass.me, journalisted.com, that's spelt as it sounds, journalisted.com, and of course, muckrack.com, which is um, a, a very popular one as well for journalists. Uh, and then finally, she noted... Um, that if you're interested in this, uh, well, she has a couple things here. Read the PR Masterclass by Alex Singleton. Uh, apparently, it's a book to read. I, I haven't read it, but apparently. And also, think multi-screen when you're creating PR, especially if social is at all a target. And I can't say enough how important that is. Uh, there was a, everyone hurt their heads from nodding when they saw that. Uh, the fact of the matter is, uh, a lot of ads, you're just not thinking about mobile. And if you don't think about mobile, you're leaving a huge part of the market behind. That's my bits. Nice. All right. I mean, there's lots more to share. I, uh, I've got to do a little more uh, work to prepare some of the notes for the next show, I think. But uh, I just took lots and lots and lots of notes, and I figured it would be good for the 
the show. So hope everyone got yep. something out of that. Yeah. Hey, the, you got one more thing here that I think is kind of interesting that we should talk about is the Google domains. Did, okay. did, you, did you see that? Yeah, but we should take a quick break and we come back. We'll talk about the Google domains, okay? Awesome. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Before you painstakingly create another label or drag yourself to the post office, set a course to ShipStation, your key to e-commerce shipping nirvana. Save time by easily importing orders from wherever you sell, like Amazon, eBay, and over 40 others. Save money with discounted USPS rates and a free USPS account. Automate manual tasks through bulk label and invoice printing, custom shipping rules, and much more. WebmasterRadio.fm listeners get an additional 30 days free after the free 30-day trial. Go to ShipStation.com slash WebmasterRadio now. Shipping Nirvana starts here. BubbleFast burst onto the e-commerce scene as a family-owned shipping supply provider back in 1999. The product line has grown, but Mark and Robin still own and operate BubbleFast as a family business. Being sellers themselves has taught them what online sellers need to safely and affordably deliver their products to their customers. BubbleFast is proud to be an active member of the community of online sellers. Mark and Robin sponsor seller meetup groups, share shipping tips and tricks through social media, and always love talking to customers and helping solve shipping challenges. Check out the website at BubbleFast.com. Sign up for the Bubble Briefs newsletter to join the Bubble Fast family. Use promo code WMR to get a 5% discount. Or call Mark and Robin at 877-599-7447. Happy shipping from Mark and Robin at Bubble Fast. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brad Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back back in session. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. And welcome back to SEO 101 on WebmasterRadio.fm, hosted by John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. Now, you're mentioning something about uh, domain news. Can you fill us in? Yeah. So so Google Domains, which uh, was announced, shoot, I think it was announced three or four months ago that Google was going to start um, doing domains for people. That we, We've known they've been a registrar for years. We always thought they were a registrar just so they could have access to the back-end databases and connect the dots back there. But now they're actually going to be a domain service. 
like a GoDaddy or a, you know just anybody else who buys and sells domains uh, for people. So you can buy your and sell your domains. Oh, I don't know about sell, but you can buy domains from Google. Um, they've they've started actually making this public in a limited basis. So um, Google employees have invites available that they can give to people. So it's an invite only service, kind of like Gmail was when it first started. I haven't hmm. checked eBay to see if anybody's selling <laughs> Google domain invites yet, um, like they did the, the Gmail stuff. But you can only get them to Google employees, and then I'm sure they'll roll it out to anybody that has one will get invites. They can invite their friends just like they did with Gmail. Um, I know that John Mueller was one of the few people that actually published it out and said, I have invites for those. And he, he, he got rid of his you know, very quickly. He was out of invites. Um, I've got some – I personally have some some – I'm reaching into Google from the past that I know, trying to get an invite myself. So I'm hope I, I want to get an invite just so I can see what it's like and see how it is. The interesting thing is they're really targeting people that have ten or less domains for this initial rollout. So to me, and another article I read, Greed, it sounds like they're really wanting to focus on people that are not, you know, big in the industry, have tons of domains. They're not doing it as a like a GoDaddy where they want you to buy as many domains as you can. They're doing it most likely for the small player, maybe tied into local business, um, that avenue that they've been going because they don't want the real experienced people. They want the the newbies that don't have a lot of domains. So hmm. it's it's something we should be watching. If I get if I get an invite and can learn more, I'll definitely let everybody know what, what it's like. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, I've got ninety plus domains, so I won't be going there. <clears throat> I don't yeah. imagine they can have volume pricing. Yeah, I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to tell them how many domains I get until after I get. It. I have until after I get an invite. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, something I wanted to add is on August 13th at 2 p.m. Eastern, I'm going to be doing a uh, webinar for a Best Web. Uh, it's a, a fairly large community, and uh, you can go to it. It's free. Uh, if you go to bit.ly forward slash web advantage. So bit.ly forward slash web advantage. And uh, it's, it's going to be fun. I'm going to share essentially uh, marketing strategies your competition doesn't want you to know. Um, and there's a whole bunch of new information I've been able to glean from the Moz con- conference and also some my old tricks and stuff I'd like to share. So Can, can you tease one. us with one marketing strategy your competition doesn't want you to know? No. All right, fine. <laughs> keep, keep it to yourself. I can roughly end the show. <laughs> no, it, it, there'll be lots in the uh, thing, and I'm frankly, I'm still putting it all together. Oh, so that's why you're like me. You don't finish the demo. You don't finish your deck till the night before, right? I wish I could. In this case, they have me doing a dry run beforehand. Oh, so I'm like, right. don't. I've never had to do that before. Anyway, with that said, thank you for joining us today, everyone. I hope uh, hope uh, you stayed to the end of the show after our, our little fussing. Um, <laughs> Jen and I get a little heated and things, but it's fun. So have a great week. Please do go to our community at uh, Google+. Just go to Google+, and type in SEO 101. You'll find it easily. And, uh, you know, check out the questions, post some more. It's very interactive. Have a great week. And future episodes of SEO 101 air at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, every Thursday on webmasterradio.fm. Thank you. Thanks for listening, everybody.
This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.webmasterradio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Every day, thousands of hackers try to steal your crypto. But Arculus uses air-gapped technology by forming a protective barrier that insulates you from hackers and secures your crypto. Order yours at GetArculus.com.